started a series called The Way. And we've been looking and, and we started to look at, um, and the reason what got me thinking about it was that so many people talk about, I wish I was there in the early church. I wish I could see what the early church saw and do what the early church did. And, and we get so excited looking at the church's past. But folks, you know, uh, we were talking at before service that the church's past is not the glorious part, it's the future. You know, we're talking about the, the next awakening, the great awakening that is coming. I believe that the best days of the church is ahead of her, not behind her. But the thing is, we're going to have to walk and begin to operate the way they did then. You know, we looked at a few uh, different verses and, and, and we, we saw that, you know, they did miracles and signs and wonders and cast out demons. There was great joy in whole cities. And, and we think, well, what does that have to do with today? Well, it, and I think it has to do with today because sometimes we don't operate the way they did. Matter of fact, we looked at a few scriptures. Let's just go to one right now. Acts chapter 24, verse 14. And I'm reading now uh, the Passion. It says, and uh, Paul's talking here. He says, but I do confess this to you. I worship the God of our Jewish ancestors as a follower of the way. As a follower of the way, which they call a sect. For I believe everything that is written in the law and the prophets. And so we begin to look at that, that the early church wasn't even called Christians when they began. They were called the way or the way of Christ. And, and, and actually, they actually rejected the term Christian. It was a way to make fun of them, Brent. And, and so it was even a rejection by them. And we even saw last week that where the first place they actually were called Christians at was in a place called Antioch. And so as we look at this, we begin to wonder, okay, what really is the way? What, is, what did the way do different that the church is not doing now? Last week we gave you the Gallup poll uh, most recent statistics about Christianity where people who claim Christianity is below 50% in the United States for the first time they've been doing this poll. That church attendance is down for the first time they've been doing this poll. We, we saw that those who call themselves atheists and agnostic is actually on the increase. But the most interesting part to me of that, Shirley, was the fact that those who consider themselves to pray often, to pray often is increasing. So it's not that people are giving up on God. Come on. They're giving up on a structure. See, this kind of stuff gets you in trouble. And it's not that church in and of itself is wrong. But maybe we have not been focused on being the way that if things worked back then. Maybe if we return. So I made some statements last week and I'm gonna make them again because I want you to know boldly who we are. We are a, belief, a people who believes in current modern day signs, wonders, and miracles. God's still God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the God who does signs and wonders and miracles. We believe in absolute, Idra, third heaven experiences. I believe God wants to take you. He told John in Revelation, he said, come up here, I've got something to show you. Well, if he did, you know, Paul said he knew a man, whether in the body or out of the body, he didn't know. 
but he was caught up into the third heaven. Maybe we just need to start saying, okay, God, just show me the kingdom the way you want me. See, when you start talking, people start thinking, oh, this is that weird stuff. It's not weird. It's a biblical experience. John said he was in, in Revelation, he said he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. When you look at that, he was actually in a trance on the Lord's day. And he heard God say, come up here. Come up here and I'll show you heaven. I will show you even things that are to come. Maybe, just maybe, we need to get back to that way. Maybe we've not offered the world <coughs> this kind of God. Hmm. We've offered them a lot of other things, a lot of rules. We've offered them a lot of religion. But maybe we haven't offered them the way. You know, uh, we believe in, in, in visions and the prophetic voice of God, as we just talked about, that's scriptural. We believe that every believer is a minister. You're a minister. I'm not the minister of this church. You are. Every believer is a minister. And, and, and as a minister, every believer can hear from the Holy Spirit themselves and can share it and especially out there. You know, my job focuses here to you. It's your job out there as ministers. <laughs> the gifts of the Spirit are for today. We believe that it's okay to dance with and before God. We believe that joy is an expression of salvation. It should be the expression of salvation and, and, and it's okay to just to get beside yourself. Some, some of us might need to stretch a little bit, Kevin, and just get beside ourselves sometime. Uh, well, that's not my personality. Well, get beside yourself. Stand beside your personality and, and let's just cut loose. And, and, and so this is what joy is. Now, I left off last week with this verse, Romans chapter one, verse 17. Uh, the NIV puts it this way, says, for the gospel, for in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. King James Version says, from faith to faith. So it begins in faith and ends in faith. So our righteousness begins in faith and it will end in faith from first to last. <clears throat> Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. So today what I want to look at is the way is a way of faith. The way is a way of faith. So what is faith? Well, faith, the simple definitions. Faith is firstly, it is a firm persuasion. When we're talking about having faith, we're not, well, I'm not talking about the gift of faith as in the gifts of the Spirit. That's something that comes down from God. But faith, faith is when you become persuaded that what God says is true. That what he says and what he has promised is absolutely true. And you're firm. 
See, when we begin, Dan, when we begin to t talk about this kind of faith, it's the kind of faith that if I looked at you and said, no, your name is not Dan, you would look at me like I'm crazy. Because you know, you have been persuaded all your life, it is so sure in you that even if I took your social security card and your driver's license and everything else that's had your name on it, you would still say, my name is Dan. See, this is what faith is. Faith is being firmly persuaded that what God says and what God said in the Bible, if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, then I am convinced 100% of that. So if gifts of the Spirit were active in the early church, then they're still active in the way. And if, and, and, and if dancing and worshiping was good for David, <laughs> then dancing and worshiping is still good for us. If a, if a, if a shout from the top of the mountains is good, then I'm firmly persuaded that it's still good today. So it means a firm persuasion. It is the, faith is the grounds of what you believe. It's the ground on which you believe. See, we can have faith in all kinds of things. Let me tell you, people say, well, I just don't have faith. Well, he says in Romans 14, 23, when they were worried about whether they should eat something that had been offered to idols or not, Paul says, if you don't eat it convinced of who you are in, in God, you're already condemned. He said, but if you sit there and you eat that and you know who you are in God and it doesn't matter what they did with that meat, where we, let me tell you what the church has become. We are so negligent of who we actually are and the authority we actually have that we're worried about, well, they do that over there or they do that and we shouldn't have anything to do with that we should just stay away from all that and 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 folks let me tell you something when we believe that God has brought back and redeemed the world back to himself when are we going to believe that he's even redeemed the days yeah but those are pagan that might have been what they did with it, Steve, but that doesn't mean that's what I have to do with it. See, when we're firmly persuaded and the grounds of our belief says that God is the one who cares for us and takes care of us. And then in Romans 14, 23, he says, you're condemned if you eat, if you're not already convinced who you are in Christ. And then he says, for whatever is not of faith is sin. <laughs> so whatever is that we do, according, you know, concerning spiritual things, that we're not already firmly persuaded and it has become the grounds of our belief becomes sin. Are you with me? So it is a firm persuasion. It is grounds of belief and it is the conviction of reality. That's the definition of faith. It is the conviction. You are convinced just like Dan is convinced his name is Dan, that we become convinced that the supernatural and the things that were used in the early church to win the world is just as useful today. Oh, as it becomes our reality. Jesus and his disciples were walking out one day and Jesus sees a fig tree afar off and he goes and he wants to have a fig off of it. And when he gets there, now the funny thing, and I'm not going to uh, minister about this today, is the word says it wasn't even time for figs. 
And when he gets there and he doesn't find figs on the tree, the word says that he cursed the tree. And he walks away. You know what the tree did, Sandy? It stood there. Its leaves blowing in the wind. It didn't just fall over dead. It stood right there, continued to wave in the wind, continued to wave its branches, and, and Jesus just walked away. Now, a lot of us, this is how we treat faith. I'm going to speak to something, and if it doesn't change right now, I guess it wasn't God's will. I'm convinced it's going to move, move. Didn't move, I guess it really wasn't God. And that's how we become, and that's how we treat faith. So the word says that they come back the next day, <laughs> and the tree is dried up. But how it dried up, Dave, was from the inside out. See, when we're operating in this kind of faith, you speak to a situation, you're not speaking to the outward circumstances that are controlling. You're not speaking to outward circumstances that are controlling your life or that are giving you problems. When we begin to operate in this kind of faith, Kevin, we are speaking to the root of a problem. When Jesus spoke to the tree, it began to change from the inside out. It may take it a while to get to the outside. When you speak to whatever your problem is, you got to understand if it doesn't jump up and move right now, your word is still working in it. So they came by the tree. <clears throat> they come by the tree. It's still waving. It's still doing its thing. Then the next day they come by. And it's dead. And Peter goes, hey God, hey Jesus, that tree you cursed yesterday, it's dead. And so Jesus is surprised by this answer. <laughs> and which takes us to Mark 11. Now I wanted to do something here. In Mark 11, a lot of people think Brother Hagin put this scripture in the Bible. He didn't. Right, Ruth? I wanted to go to the Wycliffe translation because the, <laughs> when you begin to look at earlier manuscripts, you all do not realize King James Version wasn't the first English Bible. It was a translation. So I wanted to go back even to the older Bible than even the King James. If you want to see an old page out of a Bible, walk in my office, I've got a page that was written like almost 100 years before the King James Bible. Wycliffe puts it this way. <laughs> and Jesus answered and said to them, have ye the faith of God? <laughs> Jesus is looking at them. They said, the tree died. It's dead. And Jesus said, you need to have the faith of God. Not faith in God, but the faith of God. See, God, you are so connected to the divine that even God's faith resides in you. Come on. Mm, I'll come over here and try that. <laughs> it's God's faith in you. We couldn't even have faith of our own. I, you know, if it was left up to me and me to operate on my natural faith, I got enough natural faith to get me out of bed in the morning. But when I walk into a situation, I have to know what Jesus said there. He said, go back to that baby doll. Uh, he said, have ye the faith of God? It is the faith of God that resides in you. And that's what Peter, he's telling Peter. He said, why are you surprised? 
Why are you so surprised? You need to have the faith of God. The sa- what he's telling them is the same faith I've got is already in you. Verse 23. Truly I say to you that whoever saith to, saith to this hill, be thou taken up and be thou cast into the sea and doubt not in his heart. See, if we're going to be a way of faith, Here's one of the first things that has to go, doubt. We read the things of the Bible, we see the early church, we see signs, we see wonders, we see miracles, we see tongues, we see shouting, we see dancing. We have to be able to walk into God and say, God, I know that was real then and I am convinced. It has become the grounding of my belief, it is the conviction of my reality that you have not changed and that is still the operational today. And I'm not doing it on my own faith. I'm actually going to do it on your faith. He says, and doesn't doubt in his heart. Maybe, Jeff, that's what we've created. A construct of doubt. I'm going to get into some things. Are you with me? He says, but believeth. That whatever he say, but believeth for whatever thing he saith shall be done. It shall be done to him. So when does it become done to me? When I can speak into the situation without a doubt, walking in the faith of God, not trying. See, we've taught people a long time, stir up your faith, stir up your faith. And everybody has faith. If I ask Shirley to stand up right now, she's going to stand up. Why? Because she's convinced without ever thinking about it that her legs are going to do that for her. If I ask you to raise your arm, you'll do it without thinking. Why? Because in yourself, it is already settled that if I do this, my arm's going to go up. It's the same kind of faith. It's put in you. It's natural in you. People say, well, I just don't have enough faith. Yes, you do. Romans says that it is given to every man the measure of faith. Not a measure of faith. Everyone has this same measure. Oh, it gets more exciting than that here in a minute. Therefore, I say to you, verse 24. Therefore, I say to you, all things, whatever things, ye praying shall ask, believe ye shall take, and they shall come to you. When you stand praying, and whatever you're praying for, that you believe, it is convinced without a doubt that you take it. See, that's what faith is. We're going to look at that in a minute. Faith is saying, I'm taking it. The word says there, it will come to you. How did that say it, baby doll? He says, and they shall come. What sort of things you believe? What you say? So maybe us as people of the way, maybe our words are wrong. Maybe we speak more doubt than we do faith. Maybe we speak our situation more than our problem solver. Mm. Maybe we speak more to our bills than we do to our bank. Maybe we speak more to the pharmacy than we do to our 
physician. And we're convinced that other things work. Folks, I want to tell you this right now. Faith is not hope. Hebrews 11, verse 1. King James Version says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I like the expanded version because it adds some of that definition that we miss. He says, faith means being sure of the tangible reality. Now, what was faith? It was a confidence in reality, the conviction of reality. Faith is being sure of the tangible reality of things we hope for and knowing that something is real even if we do not see it. Faith has nothing to do with what you see. Jesus cursed a fig tree and he didn't go by. It stood there. How many times have you know God's spoken something in your life that needs to move and you've spoken to it and it didn't move and be like, I guess God, that just wasn't meant. Or I, I heard God wrong. I missed it. The word hope there. Like I said, King James Version says, Faith is a substance, it says now faith is, so faith is a now thing, that's not a future thing. You gotta have it now. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's the reality of what we don't even see yet. The word hope in that verse actually means to be expecting with great confidence of fulfillment. You say, well, how is that not hope? Because we have a defeatist mentality with the word hope now. I don't know how many times I have prayed with somebody, Ernie, and I walk away and, and we're walking away and I go, man, I'm excited for you. I'm excited God's gonna do this for you. I'm, cause I, I know, I lay hands on you, it's, it's happening. I'm agreeing with you, it's happening. Unless you decide to cut it off. And I'm excited, Shirley, that this is happening for you. And I'm excited, Ernie, that you're gonna get this. And what do we say? I hope so. That's not expecting something with great confidence you're going to get it. I hope. We'll see. And we've called that, we have come to the point, Dan, where we call that faith. I hope so. Or I'm excited for you. God's going to do this for you. It's going to be a fantastic move of God in your life. Well, I hope so. Fingers crossed. <laughs> that's not, that's not hope. Hope is believing something with great confidence that it's going to happen. And so what faith is, faith is the grounds of our belief. It is the conviction of a reality that the things that we say is going to happen. Or like the Wycliffe says, the things that we take. You've got to take it in your spirit before you'll ever receive it in your physical reality. Take it. It's yours. You have the faith of God in you. It's already there. Well, that's for those high preachers, those big guys. No, it's not. It's for everyone. Jump to Hebrews 11.2. No, 12.2, sorry. 11.2 is good too, but we're going to Hebrews 12.2. Just turn over a page. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. New King James says, now looking unto Jesus, 
So where does faith start? It's going to start with looking at Jesus. Faith will begin and end in Jesus. He said, now looking unto Jesus, the author. Well, that means he wrote our faith. That word author there actually means the originator. It means one who causes something to happen. I'm telling you right now, right now in you is the ability to believe for some miraculous, miraculous things. You are a creative spirit put on this earth, taken straight from the divine heart of God to be God on the earth. Now you say, wait a minute. Psalms 83, have I not said that you are God's? Jesus even repeats it. Now we're not the God. Get that in your head. That's not what I'm saying. But you are so, matter of fact, what he, t- what he tells in Peter, he said that we are partakers of the divine nature. The divine nature is in you. Why? Because you come from God. Well, I don't believe everybody came from God. Then was he lying to Jeremiah when he told Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, before you were wrapped in a, a flesh body, I already knew you. You had an existence in the divine, in the reality of eternity. You already existed. Mm. And you were put on this planet, wrapped in skin, to carry out that work that he put Adam in the garden to do. (sighs) That word author, it means the one who births a thing. See, Jesus is not only the originator of our faith, he gave birth to our faith. And so when we begin to operate in the reality of heaven, it was him who birthed faith in you. It is him who causes the thing to happen. So he is the author and the finisher. Well, that means he cut it off. No, that word finisher here, he gets real hard. One who completes a thing. So he births your faith and he will take your... Now what did did we we hear in in, uh, Romans? That we go from faith to faith. From first to last. See God, looking unto Jesus, Jesus is always operating in you in faith. From the moment you're born to the moment you leave this reality. Are you with me? I know I'm, I'm doing more teaching than anything. But we need to understand just how connected and powerful we are. Folks, we have, if, if Christianity is dropping, Kathy, then we need to start acting like the way again. <laughs> we need to start acting like the way again. And they walked in a place of faith. Um, <clears throat> Finisher means the one who brings through to final attainment and it's the one who reaches the goal and wins the prize. 
It's all about Jesus. It's been about Jesus. It's not, he didn't leave it up to you to try to believe for yourself. He said, I, you look to me, have the faith of God. I am the faith of God and I will birth faith in you and I will bring faith until it is complete in you. Well, I'm just a little old person. No, you're not. You're a mighty, mighty person of God who is connected to the divine nature of God, who was originated in faith and who will die in faith because it's all in Jesus. So looking unto Jesus, the author, the originator, the one who gives birth and the finisher, the completer, the perfecter of our faith. Who for, of, of whose faith? Our faith. <laughs> who for the joy set be, that was set before him endured the cross. Well, what was the joy of the cross? You were. It was him birthing faith in you. It was the completion of an old system that was dead, that he fulfilled. Now, that doesn't mean we can't learn from it. But it was the completion that he fulfilled. Okay. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and was sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Faith, for you and I, begins and ends in Jesus. Dee and I was talking about about this. She was in in the back preparing the kids' class. And and, and I began to share this with her. I said, you know, we've made church something else. We have worked really hard to get everybody saved. That's all we've done. We've worked because we somehow think that that responsibility falls on us. And so what we've done, we've created a works-based salvation. Looking unto Jesus, maybe if we just got our eyes back to the right place, then things, getting people to understand where they are and who they are in Christ would be the easy part. Then they would turn willingly. And so I began to talk about this. Remember when Peter and John was walking into the temple in the book of Acts? And they see a guy. And they see his faith. And he says, do anything for me, a little arm, a little something. And he tells them, and Peter looks at him, makes eye contact with him. And he begins to declare who he really is. Silver and gold, I don't have. In myself, I can do nothing. So I have to look to the one who is going to originate faith. I look to the one who is going to finish faith. I look to the one who's going to bring it to completion. So silver and gold, I don't have. So what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus. Rise and walk. And the word says that the power of God hit his feet and he leaped to his feet. Oh, I would like to see that. Then go do it. You don't have silver, you don't have gold. In yourself, there is nothing. But what you do have originated with Jesus, it'll end with Jesus. So if we just keep looking to him, Jesus said, had the faith of God. Well, yeah, you can do that because you're so connected to him. Well, D, all of a sudden, she 
jerks at me. She said, you know what I'm teaching today, Sunday? I said, what? She said, Peter and John walking into the temple and raising a man up. She didn't know what I was teaching, going to teach. She did. God's trying to tell this body something right now. Miraculous. It's about to get weird. John chapter 14, verse 11. John chapter 14, verse 11 from the Passion says, Believe that I... As believe that I live as the one as one with my father, and that my father lives as one with me. Or at least, Jesus says, believe because of the mighty miracles I've done. Jesus says, okay, don't believe anything, but I'm doing miracles, you can believe that. Maybe if we, Matt, would start acting like the way, you know, Jesus said he is the way. If we would start acting like the way, maybe we don't need a whole lot of words, but when we start seeing miracles and signs and wonders, maybe then, Bob, they'll believe on their own without me dragging them. <laughs> well, I don't, folks, it can't be one or two people. It needs to be all of us. Look what Jesus says. He says, and I tell you a timeless truth. The person who follows me in what? Faith. Well, it's easy to follow Jesus in faith. He's the one that started it. <laughs> you don't have to work up that faith. You can build your faith. Me and Lily have the exact same amount of muscle. She has the same muscles that I have. The difference is... In my 50-some years, I've built these muscles. She'll get there. But, she, but I don't have any more muscle than she has. Don't look at somebody because of the great exploits you think they've done and think that they have any more God in them than you do. They have any more power in them than you do. You have as much as everybody. Oh, He says, I tell you this timeless truth, the person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do. Have the faith of God. The just, the righteous shall live by faith. Looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And when that happens, the exact same mighty works that Jesus did is in your hands right now. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to study for it. You don't have to train for it. That's why I love letting kids lay hands on me. They don't know enough not to. <laughs> you tell a kid that you ate an elephant sandwich, they're going to believe you ate an elephant sandwich. You can convince them of that reality. How about we get so crazy that we absolutely just believe that God is this powerful? And he said that the same authority is in me that's in him. And the same works that he did, I do. Even, even greater miracles. Well, how can you get greater than somebody raising from the dead? Because he was one man operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now there is a bunch of us operating in that same power. It wasn't greater in quality, it's greater in quantity. <laughs> Verse 13, 
He said, miracles and these because I go to my father. Verse 13. <clears throat> he said, for I will do whatever you ask. How big a promise is that? I didn't promise you that. Jesus promised you that. Why? Because you're connected. You know why Jesus had everything he said, prayed for, happen? He stood one day in front of Lazarus' tomb, and you know what his words were, Denise? Father, I thank you that you hear me always. He knew his position with his father. So he was not afraid to stand in front of a tomb of a man who had been there for days and whose body had already began to decay, decay and to call him out because he knew who he was. He knew where he was seated in relationship to the Father. And he said, I thank you that you hear me always. What's Jesus tell us here? He, where, where'd he go? Jesus told us here, he said, for I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask in my name or in my authority. Oh. And that is how the son will show what the father is really like. So what's the father really like? He's a prayer answerer. <laughs> Some of us, we pray for the wrong stuff too. <laughs> All right, I'll preach that another day. And bring glory to him. Verse 14, he's going to reiterate himself here. Ask me, ask anything in my name and I will do it. Peter and John, all the rest, they knew the way. They were convinced. So they didn't hesitate to walk up to a man sitting at the door of a temple he said, man, I don't have, what you're asking for, I don't have, but what I do have is faith. Why? Because I have Jesus. I'm looking to him. Folks, this is our reality now. Well, this sounds all so good and all so weird and, and all so strange, and I just don't know. It's because for hundreds and hundreds of years, we've been convinced it has dwindled down Read the early church fathers, and I'm not talking about just the apostles. I'm talking about the ones who the apostles taught. These were commonplace in the early church. Well, I just don't think we need that stuff now. Then Christianity is still going to continue to be on the decline. What changed the world was men and women full of the Holy Ghost. Walking in the reality of the way with signs and wonders and miracles that followed as they preached the good news of Jesus. Mark chapter 9, verse 23 from the New King James Version. says, and Jesus said unto him, if you can believe. Now this is a man who's, who, who he tried to uh, 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 get his son healed. And he couldn't get his son healed and he came to Jesus and his, his response to Jesus was, if you can do anything, help me, help us, have some compassion on us. And Jesus' response to him is, if you can believe, if you can just become convinced of who I am, if you become convinced that your faith begins and ends in me, 
that I birthed your faith and I will take your faith to the end of this reality. He says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Oh, folks. I want to go back to Mark 11, 20, Mark 11, 22 through 24. I want to read that out of the Passion. I wanted to read it out of a, a, an original text. Well, not even original. As it was translated into English. But I want to read out of the Passion. He says, and Jesus replied, let the faith of God be in you. That tells me that I have to allow this to happen. Because all the doubt in me, Scott, will say No. That's just too crazy. Elizabeth, that's just too wild. That's just nuts. Nobody can really act this way. Nobody can really do these things. Listen to the truth I speak to you. Whoever says to this mountain with great faith and does not doubt. Mountain be lifted up and thrown into the midst of the sea and believes that what he says will happen, it will be done. Maybe we're really not believers. <laughs> Come on. I didn't say you wouldn't go into heaven. <laughs> I said maybe we weren't believers. And believes that what he says will happen, it will be done. This is the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask in prayer. Be convinced that you have it, that you have received it, and it will be yours. You've got to be convinced of that reality. I wish I could have been there in the early church. You're still there. I'd love to see it. We'll see it. I read this last week, and I'm probably going to close with it as long as we're in this series. The way is still on the earth. Yes, it is that she's decreasing, but maybe it's because we aren't being the way. We have become something else, teaching something else, and believing something else. It's time to get back to the way. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for these men and women. I thank you for these mighty powerhouses of God. I thank you for these vessels that are filled with glory. I thank you for these vessels that are filled with faith. Father, they already have faith. I'm not going to pray that they have more. You've already given them the measure. His name is Jesus. He is the ultimate measure and they have him. And so, Lord, I thank you that we will do exploits, that we will see great things. We will be the people of the way, and the world will take notice, and everything changes because your name is glorified throughout the whole earth. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. amen.